previously on the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates. It was the first mission that I had with Tyr. We followed the carnage. Followed the whispers. Whispers of that ever-pleasant Mr. Bates. Okay, okay? I'm okay. How are you doing? I don't want to be here. Mm. Funnily enough, we've got the whole losers club. I think I'm losing my mind. Jack is blackmailing all of us because he's a paranoid mess. We are, we've been tracking a, a man, a very deadly man. And all of them are connected to a name that we consistently hear at every location, and that is Mr. Bates. Hello everyone, my name is Chester Lydon, and welcome to The Ever-Pleasant Mr. Bates, a audio drama series which is a prequel to our Dark Tide series, which is going on a short hiatus, season break, thingamajig, while we expand our universe, and this is the first of our miniseries collection. This is episode two, Who Are You Really? I am joined, of course, by... Expand your universe, expand your mind. Hi. I don't know. I thought you were going to introduce me. No, fine, I'll do it myself. Hi, everyone. I'm Aubrey Lydon. Who I'm do you here. play? We had, didn't do this before. Are we, do, are we doing like I intros? Feel, uh, it's just like a, hey, my name like is It might so help Aubrey considering Lydon. that you've yeah. got three I've got, voices I've got which are unfamiliar. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. fine. I'm Tuck Marsh, angst boy of early 90s <laughs> pre-emo grunge. <laughs> Good. Vintage. He is um, punk OG. Yeah, and we're, I, th- I didn't know that if we were going to get a, a chance to kind of talk about it, but I thought if we're going to do a character fun fact of any kind, Tuck's ideal breakfast is cigarette, black coffee, bagel, another cigarette. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining him eating a cigarette like, and not smoking it. coffee, <laughs> bagel. He just shuts the filters <laughs> off and eats that <laughs> Yeah. What type of bagel? Just a bagel. Uh, sour cream and chives. Mm. He's not a he's not a, he's not a sweets kind of guy, not yeah. really. Mm. Mm. And of course, we also joined by the sound man himself. Hello, I my name is BJ. I uh, get to wear headphones the whole time. Yeah. That's honestly kind of cool. Uh, yeah, at I, least they're very light. They're not headphones. They're they, monitors, they feel like so. a cloud has gently rested upon my ears. My ears. And somehow several of my friends are in that cloud and I hear hey. them speaking to me. Yeah. Anyway. Can you, can you still speak in a full sentence while I'm talking to you? Let's give it a go. Maybe let's know. find out. So I, who do you play really exactly, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in finding out who you play. I, I, yeah, it's not like I've been in this series before or helped you create this character. The problem is not whether I can speak in full sentences. No one likes you. It's whether the people listening to the podcast can understand what I'm saying. Just so this messages you say negative i'll say positive someone say neutral i'll just say watermelon i heard naked and not negative (laughs) someone say naked things someone say clothed things where has this podcast gone i play tully jackson he's the really charismatic one from the last episode you might remember him uh, if you listen New to York the first boy. episode, yeah, he walking has some into kind windows. Of I don't know what it's become. I really like it. <laughs> it's, it's quite yeah, charming. It I, just, charming. I felt like if I didn't give him some kind of accent because of the type of character he is, I would just speak the same way as yeah. Alistair. I'm like, it yeah. has to be different. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Which way are we going? This way around the table? Caleb! Hey! That's me! <laughs> Hello, 
my name is Caleb Vivian Brian Jones, and I play the role of Bud Buddy Humphreys, the lovable, huggable mum friend of the group. I rehearsed that. Uh, in the car on the way here. In the Yeah. No, we've been re- rehearsing that for, for like a week that now. smooth. My job is I'm, all... I've been doing this for a year. All driving. That's smooth. Look, my high school years were spent learning like fast-paced patter songs like 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 Rap God by Eminem and the Countries of the World song and the, and the Elements. Stuff like that, where it's just a lot of things really fast. So nice. Mm-hmm. Alphabet aerobics? Alphabet aerobics, yeah. Even though there's idolized I'm into it. Verbal parkour. He's the food one. I'm the food one. Mm. Yeah, fun fact about... Buddy, uh, he likes cooking food for people, and <laughs> that is fun. It's, that is that fun. Is, it's a fact. He's he's like the mum friend of the group, and uh, he just wants he wants the best for everyone. But uh, as most mothers will know, that's not possible. Yeah, yeah. Sad. Aww. Very sad. Right. Moving on. Bonsoir. Hi, I'm Kate. I play the hardware loving Jessica Harlow. Um, fun fact about her, even though she's really handy, she absolutely hates dirt under her nails. Um, so in her toolkit is a nail file, purely to get rid of the dirt under her nails. Yeah. Nice. Uh, can we make this into a weapon? Probably. Well, how does this fit into the property? It's just a nail. That's like, like another nail. It's just another nail. Someone else's <laughs> nail. It's, it's like a, a nail from a nail gun, but she's like, it's a nail file. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking of a human nail. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, I was also the when un- you said God. nail. It's called oh, the so unpicker. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I love it at the same time. Here. I don't write horror. It's like an eagle's talon or something. Mm. Like a cut off an eagle's yeah. talon. <laughs> the claws. I got this off old Jimmy. She's got a claw fingers. for a nail file. Fun fact, Jessica apparently now has a nail problem. Mm. It took his whole finger, but I only needed the nail. Anyway. And finally. The final voice in the mist. Megan, yes. Um, Oh my goodness. (laughs) I can speak old person. I can get the sound. Are you trying to pronounce my surname or just my name? I don't know what your surname is. No, I was just trying to do how it's pronounced. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Everyone knows everything about you now. I'm pretty sure I have. Not to me. Really? I didn't know that. Oh my goodness, you guys. This is this something is that you probably just think is common knowledge, is but the rest Australian. of us plebeians. Yeah, okay, so Megan Hreiling. 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 But most people just say Grayling because That's Australia. Boring. Um, That's what I thought it was. <laughs> it's like those uh, crayons, isn't it? Yeah. Crayola. Crayola. Sorry, sorry. Crayola. <laughs> if you didn't know, Australia is the great killer of all things cultural. Yeah. 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 Look at this podcast, for example. Also, just a side note, during the recording, Micah wasn't able to join us for all of it, so there are a few little bits where I've had to voice John Campbell. Uh, sorry for any confusion with that. Yes, anyway, me. Megan, okay. Anyway, so, Megan, um, I play Olivia Kelly, who presents herself as a stereotypical princess and golden child with a love of pretty things and good grades to match, but in reality, she's just trying to avoid the most unpleasant outcome in any given situation. Fun fact, which our audience wouldn't know yet, but which everyone in this room would be very familiar right. with, is that she has an obsession with throwing knives. Good. Good, good. Pointy. Natural. Good, 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 yes. good, 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 good. Daggers, good. throwing knives, anything sharp, really. <laughs> I feel like that was so put together, I feel like I need to actually read my intro maybe next time. But, you know, maybe not.
high in the sky. Small clouds lazily move across the blackness, their edges illuminated by the nearly full moon. It is bright, but not bright enough to illuminate your way. Instead, you use the street lights as you walk. The sound of the trees moving in the night and the occasional rustle of a fox or deer running across the road keeps the night from being too still. As you round the corner, leaving the lodge behind you, you see Mercy's Creek stretching out before you, glittering beautifully in the great clearing in this forest. You can now begin to hear distant rumblings of the river that the town is named after. It's warm-ish, you're okay in short sleeves, but you'd kind of prefer a long sleeve something something, maybe a cardigan or something, but you walk. What are you talking about? Yeah, so I met this guy that was really passionate about krill. I still don't know what krill are, does anyone know what I feel like, is that like a fish? I think it's a fish. Yeah, it's a fish. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen him before. The man or the fish? Well, both, I suppose. Yeah. How did you meet him if you haven't well, seen him? Jack, you were saying, you know, you wanted us to check, you know, meet people, do mm-hmm. whatever. So I was I was walking down the main street, and then I was I went to go into the dry cleaners. Because that that one of those suits, remember that suit that I was carrying? Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. The other one in the bag needed to be like dry cleaned, so and I was going to go in, and then this guy was there, and he was picking up his krill T-shirt because it has like a krill on it, and I was like, "What's up with that?" You know, and, and then he was telling me about. Sorry, am I rambling again? Yes. 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 Oh, Jess is here. <laughs> <laughs> Jess has snuck out of her room, like, and she's now walking behind you guys. Sorry. Out of the bush. <laughs> I totally forgot where I was. I was like, yes, I am joining this conversation. Tuck has stopped walking with you. He's just sort of stopped. Are we on the side of the road? Side of the road, yeah. Yeah, he's just stopped and he's looking into the woods. Mm -hmm. I forgot how much I hate this place. It stinks. Do you smell that? You are a ray of sunshine. Smell what? The river? Yeah, the river and the rotting leaves and they're just kilometre after kilometre of rotting plants. Better than concrete. Everything here is dying. Well, it's autumn. I never thought I'd be back, that's for sure. You know what, Jack? You seem to have uh, recovered yourself a little bit. Mm. Wow. I just love arguing with you. It just gives me so much joy Well, look, in life. I could go back to Toronto. I could, I could go back to Toronto. You were in Toronto. <laughs> Sorry. Wait. Toronto. I didn't think any of us would end up in Toronto. Look, yep. I was doing, 
pretty well for myself. Thank you very much. You Not that I needed your... Didn't you say you rode your bike here? Yes. From Toronto? Well, I wasn't in Toronto at the time. I was... I was on a gig. It was a little closer than Toronto. Otherwise, I probably would have flown. A gig? He's Look, not a comedian. He's not a comedian. You're telling me this man is not a comedian. This man. You want to hear some really funny wait. Jewish jokes? His songs no, are on the radio. I, yeah, I didn't think so. I was being sarcastic. It's what funny people do. Not that you would know. Of, I'm sorry. You're. Do you, I'm sorry, Tully. What is it that you do? Me, I'm in advertising. Kind of. Well, oh wow, that you makes sold out. so a, much sense. No, I didn't sell. You, well, you sold out. I didn't. What did I you sell sold out? Sold out. If I sold out, tell me what you I sold out. You were a good actor, and now you're in advertising, the most soulless place yeah, ever. Well, see, the, the problem with acting when you do it like freelance is that people have to pay Can you. Can you hear that? What? Uh, Doc just wants to roll to see. What he can hear. There's mm-hmm. a four. Four. Um, I'm gonna say the the other two of us can roll because he's made us okay. Focus. I roll four as well. Uh, Tally rolls a nine. Okay. Uh, you can hear a man shouting. Uh, do we? Is it the river? Go. No. No. No, it's some. It's a, someone's shouting. Can't you hear that? It's which I, direction? With a nine, do I know what he's saying? Uh, no, you can't tell the emotion of it. It doesn't sound like, oh, help me. It does. It sounds angry. It sounds like yeah. Uh, but it's coming from further along the road, not oh, back well. towards the lodge. No, can't you? There's uh, like some someone. Yeah. Sh- he sounds angry. Look, I play the drums. <laughs> My hearing is not what it used to be. Uh, uh, you're that kind of musician. Shut up, Tully. No, I didn't. I mean, that's the kind of music that you, you're, you're a drummer. That's. Let's go look. All right, you guys start. Are we looking? We're going looking. Yes, okay. Tully. Yes. We're looking. We're going to walk. Yes, Tully. We're look. Yes. The angry man. You were the one who brought. Sorry. I said I heard it. I didn't yeah. say I didn't want to go towards it. You guys begin heading further along the road. You have to go through a few twists and turns but what you do actually start to see is you see lights shining through the trees as you make your way along and you come out onto a stretch of road and you see there is a car sitting in the middle of the road about 100 feet ahead of you it's a slight angle because it seems to have veered into the middle a little bit and its lights are on full high beam casting into the woods all of the doors and boots are open casting different puddles of light out as the inside lights are also switched on all around the car. Hey, you need help? You see a man standing and kind of swinging, spinning around, swinging what looks like a tire iron in the main light beams, and he seems to be yelling into the dark. Hey, Tully, why don't you go help him? Ah, funny. Yeah, no, I'm not going to help, no. Oh, really? No. The Good Samaritan, you're not going to go help? He doesn't look like he needs help Wow. Advertising is advertising's really made you a better person. I'm gonna. I'm technically a PA. He doesn't. He looks like he needs to be. Tux is gonna walk. Yeah, Jack's walking up as well. He's just sort of waving to try and like not surprise the guy. Hello, are you okay? You look high, distressed. 
Look, he, I've been on some edibles before. This looks like that. He spins around and the tire iron strikes the oh, top of the okay. car as oh. he spins around. Ah. All right. Hey. Yep. Get in the light. Stay out of the dark. Right, this is a political thing. He smashes the tire iron down on the lid of the car. Get in the light! I'm going, I'm going, I'm in the light. I'm in the light. I looked, I looked in, oh, I can't, I can't see. All right, what are you guys doing? I'm just, I'm just going to step into the light and I'm going to say to Jack, Jack, is this a religious thing? Is this, has the town got weirder? Jack looks at you. Yes, the town has got weirder. Oh, I shouldn't have asked you. Yeah, you're yeah, already yeah. a freak. I'm going to hey, buddy. to see if I recognize this man. Mm-hmm. I do not recognize this man. No. I do you, not, can't, you can't tell if he's a... Like, it's I been do ten, not know this man. It's been 10 years. Yeah. Right. Um, Tuck is closer to the car and is like slowly walking towards the man. Jack has gone around the other side of the car and is in the kind of half light, half shadow on the right, uh, left hand side of the man as the car is shining towards it. <laughs> so you are you okay? Do it's, I need to call an ambulance? It's here. Who's it? Your ex? No, it's, it's close. I mean, he's, he's close. All right, well, look. Why Too don't close. You... And he swings it again. All right, well, why, uh, why don't you give me the tire iron? Yeah. Yeah, give it's, me the tire iron. Trust or... me to go. I can't let it get down. I must protect. I must let it. I can't let it pass me. Oh. I can't let him down. Oh. Hey, listen. He swings it at you. Hey, what? Stay in the lights. All right. Tally. No, it's Tally. I'm in, I'm in the light. Yeah. Uh, I'm what? motioning for Tally to, like, come close to me yeah, and he, while he's he like what? what I think you need to take one for the team <laughs> <laughs> look you I'm gonna grab him you yeah. take take, take the tire take, I'm not what to the face no I'm not gonna do that no, you take it out of his hand you idiot I'm gonna grab his arm that is you take it out of his hand I can't do both a good plan yes good I hate you <laughs> you turn back to the man who's <laughs> swinging in circles and yelling. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and. Grab Jack him. is trying to like, pa- like palms out. Is like, hey Jack, right, tell him a said, joke. Uh, this guy's Marsh. a comedian. <laughs> I told, I told you, I told you he was a comedian. Nine to grab this guy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> very funny. Uh, he uh, one to resist. So you grab him, and his arms kind of go up as you've grabbed him, and you're like getting him around the stomach, and he's trying to swing like, the the yeah. iron around. Do I add my physical to this if I'm yeah trying to grab? Yep. Uh, so that's an eight to All grab right. the weapon. All right, Tully. Now's a good time. Okay, you are uh, you've grabbed his hand and one hand on the tire iron, but he's fighting you quite a bit with this, and you're slowly his hands are just completely like wet with sweat, as it's it's starting to slip out of his hand. But he's he's making this very difficult. Jeez, calm down. It's okay. I'm not gonna hurt you, man. Uh, he's going to look directly at you, at you, Tuck, and spit directly in your face, Whoa. and he's going to try and headbutt you. All right. Well, is he gonna try making an attack yep. roll? Uh, three. Does not hit. I'm going to headbutt him back. All right. Um, 
Um, that's a 10. All right, you crack him in the face. The uh, tyrant slips out of his hand as blood becomes to, like, drench down his, his face, and Jack is, like, grabbing him and trying to pull him away from you. It's like, Duh, what are you doing? He started it. He's... There's I'm some... trying to help. I try and kick him. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to... Uh, 12. All right. You bring your knee up and kick it into his chest and he slips out of Jack's arms onto the ground and Jack steps backwards. So you've got your foot on his chest. He's yeah. lying on the ground, blood coming out of his nose. <laughs> Tully is there holding the tire iron. Jack's a few steps back and just then a car comes over <laughs> around the corner and there's a pause as it slows and then... As red and blue lights begin to flash and it slowly just drives up towards you and you see a head poke out. Tully throws the tire out into the forest. Gets it out of there. All right, Tully, you're up. You remember You remember the time with the school? Mm, I you just, remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh boy, Butter him up. I, oh, I remember. Butter him up, golden boy. Yeah, okay. I knew I shouldn't have come back. Hey! The car door is thrown open as uh, Darcy Whitaker, the town, <laughs> the town sheriff, steps out and crosses his arms. Hey, boys! Sheriff Whitaker. Um, I haven't seen you in ten years. Who are you? Tully Jackson. That's nice. No. Anyway, he's going to start walking towards you. (laughs) You Tuck Marsh. No, hey, you don't remember... Oh you, re- oh, you remember him? Oh, everybody remembers Tuck Marsh. Oh, what was his Tuck name? Marsh. What was the sheriff's full Darcy name? Darcy Whitaker. Mr. Darcy, it's nice to see you here, of all places. Sheriff. It's almost like you were following me. The other side of the car door is thrown open, and you see a man who you sort of recognise more for his similarities to Jess. You see Derek Harlow get out yeah, and shit. start taking large steps oh, towards shit. you, and he, like pushes you just in the chest off the other man and, like, stands between all of you as Darcy's there, still with arms folded looking at you all. Look, he was having some kind of no, an episode. Were, he was yeah. swinging a tie iron around. We tried to calm him we down. We were trying to help. <laughs> he, called, he called me some names that I'm not going to repeat in polite company and they tried to headbutt me, so I put him on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Darcy, we he's still got wallet, his so wallet. Darcy slowly turns to... Probably. Uh, ...to Tully and says... And where is the tire iron? Uh, that, that way. And why is it that way? Because I threw it. Could you go get it? Yeah, no, I'll, yeah, I'll you, just go and... Yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll, get, I'll get the tire iron that I threw up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll be back. Yeah. Jack, yeah. you go with him. <laughs> and no, he turns, he turns on like a very stern look at Jack, um, Finney, and Jack's like, all right. And he starts traipsing off with, <laughs> with Tully. He, um, Darcy turns back to, to you and the man on the ground. He checks his watch. It's late. I'm just going to take you both in. We'll sort this out tomorrow morning. Darcy, come on. You know me. I know you. If this was really a fight, I would have got hit by now. You know I can't duck. 
You're not selling this anymore. Yeah. It's true. He can, he can't duck. He can't. All right. I'm sorry. All right. This has been I nice, think... Darcy. I'm gonna head out. I'll Derek, see you later. Derek is currently grabbing your hands by your wrists. Derek and like pulling them behind Derek, you. Derek, it's nice to see. You. Derek, I'm gonna go. Yep. Is it we doing physical or combat? Uh, if you want to get physical with the sheriff department. Physical, I got a nine. Uh, he got a nine as well. So you're both like struggling <laughs> like, with this. Derek, let me go. Uh, Derek, I'm going to bed. Yes, you are. I've been awake for way too long. We got a nice little cot ready for you. Come on. And he's going to start pulling you towards this the This is car. prejudice. This is prejudice. Tuck, tuck, tuck. I found I'm not going to fight you only because your sister would kill me. And I hope you know that your sister's the one protecting you here. <laughs> if you fought me, this would get a lot worse for you. Now get And he's just like starting to jam your head down into the car as I get in. Shut up. <laughs> He's starting to go back for the other guy as well. We now cut back to Salem's Lodge. It is 8 a.m., and our cast is slowly trawling their way down the main kind of steps, down to the bottom area where breakfast is being served. And as each of you slowly pass the uh, entrance hall, uh, John Campbell passes you a note, each one by one. This is from Jack, guys. The note says, Tuck got arrested at Sheriff Station, dash, Jack Finney. Thank you, John. I appreciate the heads up. Did anyone place bets on how quickly this would happen? No, but I wish I did. Mm. All yeah. right. Buddy, you willing to drive? Maybe I can talk to my brother and get them out or something, something or other. Can we have breakfast first, please? <clears throat> Look, Tuck's going to be just as upset no matter what time we get him. So, <laughs> yes. Can we... <laughs> At least enjoy breakfast. I am still half as... I did not get much sleep last night. I made about 50 eclairs. <clears throat> Why were you making eclairs? Are you anxiety baking again? Look, I couldn't sleep. There was something weird with my door. So I baked eclairs because I kept staring at my door and... I would like Something weird was going on with your door? We yeah. slowly fade away from this conversation as <laughs> breakfast is being laid in front of them. Mm. Some decision has been made for them. Yep. We cut to the sheriff's station. Tuck, you are sitting alone in a night cell. It's just a large concrete windowless area with the front area, you know, like the front wall is made of bars. So it's just visible and there's other ones across, but they're mostly empty. Mm -hmm. uh, Tuck is sitting on the bench and absentmindedly, he traces his own name carved into the bench seat. <laughs> yep. Hello, old friend. You were sitting on the small cot in the corner with a basin next to it, and that's, uh, that's all that's in there. You have uh, exhausted everything to do in this time room, but you did enjoy actually getting a little bit of sleep, which was quite nice. It's actually very quiet here when Jerry down the hall stops screaming. Yep. The drunk tank is good for... One thing, and that's introspection, my favourite. 
From your cot, you can see along this corridor. So what you know is there is the entrance area, there's a corridor of cells, and then there are kind of the offices through there. So these are only for like single out, like single night holders and all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. people walk through here. You are currently sitting on your bed, looking at the large double doors that lead to the waiting room slash entrance area. You are just waiting, waiting for anything to happen. And you aren't waiting long before the door is opened by Sheriff Darcy. You see behind him Jack, Finney and Talia sitting in two waiting room chairs. They catch your eyes and Jack shakes his head, indicating this isn't about you. I give him the finger. He smiles and waves. Um, and the fact that this isn't about you is made even clearer when uh, as Darcy is helping a man through the door because he has collapsed his cane, so needs a hand through. You see the same blind man in the dark suit with strong draw from yesterday. Yep, just through here. Mendoza did mention you might pop by, but I wasn't expecting you so early. Well, where I currently am staying, the breakfast isn't particularly great. I don't know how politely to tell them that they utterly burn the toast, so I like to get out before breakfast. Darcy sees you looking at them as he closes the door and they cross past your cell. Ah, nothing to do with you, Mr. Marsh. We'll see you in a minute. Tuck just shrugs and looks at the ceiling. Uh, Darcy sees you there, like, tracing the name of your own name <laughs> in the cell. like, I was hoping you weren't going to be in here again. 16. It's been a while. Yeah, well... Uh, He starts moving along, uh, but the blind man seems to stall. Darcy walks a bit in front of him and is pulled to a stop as the other man remains where he is. He turns and faces the cell. Hold on. I recognise that voice. Ah, so you're the Mr Marsh that people were talking about in the waiting room. Mm, Don't think so. There must be another one. (laughs) Wouldn't be surprised if my dad was here somewhere. Or Uncle Lenny, or Uncle Carl, or Aunt May. The blind man smiles and says, These other cells do sound pretty quiet. I don't see a full family reunion. Can I help you with something? He turns to Darcy. Sounds to me from what I heard outside, this young man hasn't done anything particularly wrong. Unless the other gentleman at hand presses charges, which I highly doubt he will, then... You might as well let him out so that he and his friends can go have a nice lunch. Or, you know, early, late breakfast. It's daytime. Darcy is just standing there. He seems to be biting his tongue. He looks from the man to you and then back. You get this feeling that this blind man is someone rather important. If he's being recommended by Mendoza, who is the head selectman, to come and talk to Darcy, then he's clearly someone that Darcy doesn't want to, like, annoy or get on the wrong side of. So he's just looking back and forth. Darcy gives in and with a long stare at you, unlocks the cell and once again takes the blind man's arm and begins to lead him away. The blind man calls back. Mercy's diner was fantastic. You should give it a try. Thanks. I'm sure I might. Weirdo. <laughs> Just right. walks to the door. You make your way through the other door. We cut to the others pulling up about 15 minutes later after a wonderful breakfast. <laughs> that was actually quite nice. Um, you pull up to the main... So there's a series of marble and concrete steps. There's marble pillars and concrete steps that lead up to the sheriff's station. Designed in the same way as the library and the town hall. They were designed as a trilogy because they're in the same areas. Basically. A trilogy. A trip um, ditch. Trilogy. Uh, you are making your way up the steps just at the same time as 
Tuck, Tully, and Jack Finney are making their way down as everything has been signed off and they are now allowed to leave. Oh, that was easy. Job done. I brought you guys pancakes, by the way. Go team. I love pancakes. I know. Mm. Yeah. I brought the maple syrup. Thanks, bud. You're welcome, Tully. It must have been a, a hard night in, you know, in, in, oh, in, in, well. the, in the slammer. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in. I was in for trying to do something good. Aww, oh, I did bring you little oh, no, I wasn't, feelings. No, I wasn't in. No. Oh. I'm just going to let you know but right now. I mean, it's very clear. Thanks, bud. That your brother only still has a working hand because you're my friend. Oh, that's nice of you. And also he's like six foot a million. Yeah. Massive. And he's put he's on massive. like 20 kilos of muscle. Yeah. yeah. Terrifying. I do have something organized for today. I have uh, someone for a Where's Willow? Who? Well, Willow. She was uh, banging oh. quite loudly on my room last night trying to get me to do something. I don't know. Maybe she wanted to talk to me, but then she wasn't there when I went downstairs. So. All right. Well, I'll call her. But we are meeting someone at uh can i have another one yeah yeah thanks listen jack i feel like uh, we're meeting them there oh wow wonderful i feel like since you've co-opted our lives and you're essentially blackmailing us into helping you with a conspiracy theory that you could at least provide us with some kind of itinerant so itinerant itinerary so that you know i know what time of mine is subject to this absolute nonsense all of it also yeah that's the picture i'm getting jack who are, we, who are we meeting? Uh, you'll, you'll see. It depends if he shows or not. Don't want to. Yeah. 10 a.m. Meet a stranger. 11 a.m. Go find Is there any reason we can't know this person's name? Uh, it's just more I I don't want to, like, he's my I'm boss. Sure I don't really want to, like. You have a job? Oh, we can get <laughs> you fired. Since when? Guys, Since when no. does Jack Finney have a job? Yes. The entire time. Probably not. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, okay. as you were standing in this uh, little awkward group, uh, another car pulls up, a large mm. black car pulls up just at the curb next to your yellow uh, rental. And a man hops out wearing the typical jumper that you've... It's pretty self-explanatory when it's got the big layers uh, plated all over it. FBI. A man arrives, pulling open the, the car door, goes around to the other side, opens it up and pulls out a duffel bag. He looks at, at you lot, nods, and then begins heading up the stairs. What does he want? I don't... Yanks don't have jurisdiction here, right? This is still... This is Canada, yeah. 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 Look, I didn't miss something while I was in the drunk tank, did I? We didn't no. suddenly merge. No. Are you sure you you didn't just like commit a, a go to America and commit a federal offense or something? Look, I reckon we just start moving along uh, before they figure out that we're not inside anymore. As you were talking, uh, two other figures are coming down the stairs. They pass the FBI agent as he goes inside. You see Derek Harlow. He raises his hand in greeting to Jess, and you see he's escorting the blind man. He's coming down. You see, uh, they're they're chatting to him. It's like, you know, it's really good that you were able to come, sir. You know, it was really, it was really good that we were able to have this conversation and talk to the, uh, the sheriff. I think, I think things will go well this new meeting, this next meeting. I think, but you know, it was good that you were able to, to chat to us. And he comes down. He uh, introduces you all. It's like, um, and he looks at Tuck. Sorry about last night. Uh, everyone, 
This is Mr. Bates. Uh, he is... Well, he's going to be one of our new selectmen, hopefully. See how things go. Hooray. Nice to meet you, sir. Yes, try to no, be it's, a, it's a good example of the town. That would be lovely. <laughs> we don't live here anymore. Yeah, you got Tuck Marsh in this group. So yeah, maybe well, Tuck, well, the Marsh name has its importance in this town. Has its significance. Yeah, yeah, we used to hunt beavers. <laughs> and now you just hunt people. Hey, Debbie. How you going? Hello, hello. Have you talked to Mum and Dad yet? No. No? Wonderful. Sure right I'm last sure we'll night. have that conversation over dinner. Yeah. Are you coming to dinner? Yeah. Okay, good. Right. That'd be good. Uh, Mr. Bates is standing with a uh, kind of a, a tense look in his jaw. And he's looking very rigid and he's looking to you like. So, um, where are you all staying? You're not, you said you aren't locals. In the woods. It's near the woods. It's, it's the... The place where you stay at. That's uh, out near the woods. Uh, like some kind of motel or something. That's the word. Motel. <laughs> the lot? I don't know if we're precisely on the lot, but... It's S- Salem's John Hotel. Campbell. That's Works the guy there. who runs the Sa- place. Salem's, yeah, right. Salem, Salem. it's too yeah. far. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's too far for me to walk. I haven't yeah. gone that far. I don't have a car, so... So do you know mm. the entire town or the parts of it, you know, just, just by feel? I just that, I walk them. Sometimes I have other people walk them with me to. That's incredible. Find things. Oh, I'm. It's, I don't have a picture perfect view, my boy. I know the no, general layout. That's still pretty. You know, that's. Yes. Well, I wasn't always blind. I can picture things. I can. I can work all that out. Um. Anyway, uh, Derek, would you? I, I hate to ask this, but would you be able to escort me back home? I'm not feeling very good. Derek looks at him and looks back up at the police at the station. He's like, oh, I can't, I can't really work. Well, oh. I, no, I can take it. I'll yeah, take we, it. we can. Uh, no, no, he's. he's no, I've, I've got my car here, Mister Bates. No, 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 he's and Leckman. I don't want. I don't. Just he like looking at Tuck again. I'll take it. I'll. You guys go and have fun. No, seriously, I. I don't gonna, trust him with you. This is we won't sad. bring Tuck. Yeah, we'll bring everyone, but how about... I no, doubt you can we'll control I'll take it. In front of I'll the take police it. I'll station. walk it. I'm not going to... Uh, uh, yeah, because I'm just I'll, like I'll, a dog that you're going to tie up and leave somewhere. <laughs> I can look after myself. Yeah, Bates, that's right. Bates waves a little bit. No, no. Derek, Derek will be fine. Uh, Moshi's Cafe. Try it. Don't try the souffle, but um, the coffee is actually very good. No anyway, souffle. Anyway, have a good day. And he's going to start walking with Derek. And they make their way, Derek holding his arm as they head around the corner. Hope you have a lovely day, Mr. Bates. He waves back. And he's gone. He's a, he's a very charming gentleman. Mm. I like him. He's uh, creepy. My mum and dad are going to kill me tonight. You were staying there for less than... Mm, a minute? No, no. 30 seconds when another car comes screeching up to the oh other side of the FBI car and you see a bunch of other men being like clambering out. You see them. They're all dressed in black. There's a big tall man with a, a pompadour of white hair and he's grabbing things out. It's like, ah, nine hours. We couldn't even suffer a bathroom break, really? Canada. Ben, could you please... Never again. Why couldn't we take the van? Ben is ignoring you as he rounds the car. Gideon and Fabian are, uh, like, walking alongside of him. He just 
points his fingers, he just swishes them to the sides, and the two of them split and begin heading around the sheriff's department to find any other exits or anything like that. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Fancy. They, they pass by, you guys pass by a group of young adults. You guys start to head up the main steps towards the sheriff's department. Loitering. <laughs> Peace moving. You enter into the sheriff's department. It is a pretty old-fashioned building, lots of wood panelling, wooden floorboards, the desks are wood, the like, reception is made out of wood, everything's wood, there is a coffee machine at like every corner that just... Oh, not that kind of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's that type of coffee and there's someone there. Pause in. Oh! Yay! <laughs> That's the good stuff! Puts it back. Drip. Dryptus is constantly boiling, constantly Boy, percolating. Boy, really Europe. <laughs> Have you ever tried Turkish coffee? That's the real stuff. So you, you come in and just as the sheriff is exiting his office, closing it and reaching for a cup of this like awful coffee and sees you all. And he also sees who someone else you now notice has just walked in. Another older man wearing an FBI coat, and he is looking at the sheriff and like clicking at him and walking towards him. Are you guys going to try and beat him to mm-hmm. the sheriff? <laughs> yeah. It's... Well, we could like to just step in front of the <laughs> FBI agent to just block him from view. Okay, Warwick steps in front of him. Ben Mears pushes past you and gets right up to the sheriff. Sheriff, good to see you again. We'll be taking over the investigation now. Why? What? <laughs> And he's like, look, he's like still reaching for the coffee. He's like, he's trying to find the cigarette that he's lost in his hair. Like it was behind his ear, but now it's somewhere in his hair. And he puts it as your, and he's like looking at the badge. I'll be mute. Uh, Right. Uh, We had, we had that phone call like a month ago. Um, But nothing's happened. All those murders back up, they're back up in America. Nothing that has nothing to do with Mercy's Creek. Now I understand. I, I understand you lies looking at all of you. It's like, uh, I understand it's probably a serious situation, but uh, Mercy's Creek is doing just fine. And he's like peering around to see the FBI agent as well. Warwick is doing that sidestepping, shuffling thing where every time the, the FBI agent tries to get around, he just steps in front. He's like, "Sorry, sorry, my bad. Sorry. What does FBI stand for?" Uh, you're talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> I like facing the FBI agent, not the, the sheriff. <laughs> He's like trying his Sorry. best to shove you out of the My way. My bad. Pardon me. In the way. Uh, oh, there we go again. Darcy Whitaker kind of like spreads his hands and he looks around <laughs> as Gideon Fabian come through his office <laughs> behind him. You don't know how they got in there. He doesn't. There are, there's like one window. <laughs> through the window. <laughs> He's like... These more of yours? Yes. Right. Okay. Listen, boys. Paven uh, C would like to, to try and sort of shuffle his way into the conversation. Uh, sorry, it's nice to meet you, uh, Reverend Paven Uh Hello. I feel like uh, maybe the most important thing to explain here is that this investigation is no longer confined to the United States. It's now an international uh, effort where from... Uh, the British consulate, and now we're here as well. As oh, they've brought the... Yes, no, I was expecting that. 
But just to say there is uh, a lot of moving parts here and we are concerned for the safety of this town. Not that it is in immediate danger, but that it has the potential to be. And we want to secure what, it before what, anything happens. What proof do you have that of any of that? Well, we can run you through that, but... Um, I like to hear he's like trying to point at the FBI. He's just like, why is he here? Sorry. You guys, you guys aren't connected to him. This is embarrassing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you hear there is a ringing sound coming from uh, Sheriff Darcy's office and goes to go into it. And Ben Mears just pushes past him into it and picks up the phone. Hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is a pause as uh, Ben Mears is, listen- uh, is listening. As like Agent Ben Mears, Unspeakables Agency. There is a pause, and Sheriff Darcy is pushed past Gideon Fabian. Now listen here, I still and you, uh, Ben Mears, takes the phone from his ear and pushes it into um, Sheriff Darcy's chest. Sheriff Darcy takes it, glares at you, puts it to his own ear. Ah. Uh, he puts it down. Well, speak of the devil. Someone's dead. Man? In the same way as in America. Oh, hey, it's me, Chester. Are you enjoying this latest episode of the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates? It took a lot of work, and it's all thanks to our amazing patrons who are the main sponsors of this show. We don't do sponsor stuff. We don't do ads or anything like that. This is a completely funded by the fans situation. And if you'd like to join their ranks as either a watchman or a tier operative, check out patreon.com slash darktides. That was a crack of thunder. It's not that ominous, all right? Yes, it is raining while I'm doing this. All right, crack of thunder, nothing to do with it. We have heaps of bonus shows, all that type of stuff. We have a new show that's coming out just this month as well, which is a story about the Tear Files, which follows Heath O'Sullivan to a background character stuff and a heap of new characters going over some really fun stuff. It's more comedy forwards, but still building the Dark Tides lore and all that type of stuff. It's heaps of fun. It's coming out monthly. There's a heap of backlog stuff, bonus episodes, including a pretty fun live streamed one that we did where patrons were throwing in suggestions and all that type of stuff for story beats heaps of fun if you'd be interested we've just recently lowered all of our prices for the patreon stuff so we're also perfectly fine with you joining for a month jumping on the discord saying hello and all that like burning through the backlog and then hopping off we understand everyone's financial situation is different and all that type of stuff but if you enjoy what we do here and maybe want to get a little bit more or just want to support us check out patreon.com slash dark tides Alrighty, bye bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. And we follow back up with the group at Mercy's Diner. So, you are sitting in a little red booth. What are you having? 
So it's kind of brunch, lunchtime. So the lunch menu is available, but still the breakfast menu is also available. Brunch isn't a thing yet, but both menus are still available. So no avocado toast. Mm-hmm. Onion bagel. Just a lot of bacon. <laughs> yeah. um, considering that Liv did have breakfast at the lodge with um, Buddy and Jess, she's probably just having a normal latte, maybe. Actually, no, she'd be having a chai chai tea. I'd say you probably, yeah, there's only be chai tea. I doubt there'd be. Yeah, she wouldn't have a chai latte. She would, she would be having a chai tea because she's had, had a coffee at breakfast. Okay. So. What about Buddy? Uh, Buddy's going to get... Uh, a massive bowl. Like, he's going to ask, I would like a large bowl of chips, uh, but then double that size, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably some fried chicken and uh, a triple shot coffee. Um, yeah, so she's just going to get herself a chicken and cheese hamburger and mm. a cola. Nice. Yeah. Uh, nondescript cola. L.A. Non- ice. Yeah, non-sponsored. LA ice. <laughs> uh, yeah, Telly has one of those and a very large vanilla milkshake. You were eating a lot of food. <laughs> it's good. It's a plate of bacon it's and good. all that. Okay. Um, I really feel like Tully is just like this wiry little dynamo who's just like constantly mm. expelling energy. And Liv is so small that she really does not require much energy. No. It's like the Flash in almost every iteration of the Flash. Mm. So Willow is flicking through the documents showing you all. The problem you have here, Jack, is none of this can stand up. Yes, they're official, they're official accounts. They are signed by Dr. King, so they would have a form of legal standing and all that type of stuff. But because of the accounts they give later, all of this is defunct. So yes, it is evidence towards your point of the bizarreness of the situation, the fact that there 23 people over two months have all accounted to have a similar thing. This can all be labelled under mass hysteria. It doesn't actually prove anything's wrong. It doesn't prove anything's wrong because of the counter Something's points happening. they give later. The counter points themselves are also bizarre, but they undo everything that they say before. Liv kind of shifts in her seat and she just kind of raises a hand. Willow, mm-hmm. would a van full of seemingly FBI agents at the police station and then another car full of official looking and one strange man with a pompadour um, walking into the police station change Was he anything. British? Uh, it would be fairly simple. There have been a lot of murders in America that's believed to be a psychopath. A lot of the same type of murders came from New York all the way to the Canadian border. They're well publicised. Similar types of killings. We get very little details. So obviously the cops don't know much, but it it's fair we're a border town basically we're close to the border it'd be fair to assume that they're ramping up security everywhere and this is just another layer of it to assume that it has something to do with a with a mass reaction like this it's, this is a, a a health thing this is a mental health issue this isn't a situation for the FBI oh so you're basically telling me that all of us ran away from a serial killer for you to call us back for another serial killer. Is that what I'm picking up? Or or is this just me? This is just me. Anyone else? No, this does really have Reed Cliff um, overtones. Yeah. I mean, the FBI were also there for that. Mm. Yeah. I don't like that they're here. I, I mean... Well, to speak on what? behalf of 
of Jack, nothing he's called us back here for has anything to do mm. with the FBI. He can't predict no, the fact right. that the FBI are going to suddenly turn up somewhere. These two things, I believe, are entirely unrelated, unless you're going to suddenly make the assumption that people having the same delusion is then related to a series of killings. And if, if Jack doesn't have, like, proof... I'm not, not that I'm saying your proof is... But you know what I mean. Like, what you were saying, Willow. If he doesn't have proof-proof... You know, what are these... They're they not going to have proof-proof. They are mass right. delusions. I'm not yeah. saying that the events are connected. I'm just saying that we should keep an open mind. They may be connected. Uh, well, there's a danger in being too open, too. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. Says as well. the guy who moved into advertising. Uh, when there's an opportune it. moment, Tuck is gonna look for his cigarettes and gesture to Jack to offer him one and sort of nod his head towards outside. Uh, Jack puts down his coffee. He's been incredibly silent yet again for another one of your meals, and gets up and heads outside. When Tuck has him alone and out of eye sight from the others he's going to round on Jack alright I think we need to get something a little bit clearer here Jack I don't like this I don't like that I'm here not just because I hate this town, not just because this is an appalling waste of my time or the fact that I'm here against my own free will I don't understand what you're worried about Okay, let me just run this through. Let me just tell you what's in my head. After 10 years of jack shit, you call me up with a threat and you say, come back to this dinky little town in the middle of nowhere that you have no reason to ever go back to again. And when I get here, you tell me that you're worried that 30 people are having some kind of an episode? And yet you can't convince your boss, a doctor who's been here for for God knows how long, you can't convince him. If what Willow's saying is true, you don't have any kind of a legal case even to call for anyone to care about this. Why would you pull this many people who have no reason to want to come back to this town here to help you, what, canvas people? Ask them questions just in case we can see if something's wrong? Are you following me how nuts this sounds? So you better you better level with me here, Jack. Is this about you? Are you having a breakdown? Is something else going on and this is a pretense for getting us here to help? Because look, I want to get out of here as soon as possible. And if that means helping you, fine. But I can't help you unless I actually know what you need. Jack pulls on the cigarette for a second and breathes out. He's looking at the road as if he's still waiting for someone to arrive. I never wanted to bring any of you back. I was... I don't even want to be here. But someone had to stay. And I had the most reason to. People were still here for me, so... Tuck, can't you feel... You can... I know we all want to forget about this town, about what happened here, but the fact of the matter is we were here and a lot of us is still here and this town is slipping 
away. You're not going to get it. <laughs> You're not going to get it. <laughs> I only called you guys back here because it was the absolute last thing I could do. I've been dealing with this for two months. I've been going through, I've dealt with the sheriffs. I talked to AK. I talked to my boss over and over. I talked to people at the Hillcrest University. You guys were my last chance because I never wanted to bring you back here. But the thing is, Mercy's Creek is us. It was us then. It is us now. You and when it dies, don't... You can pretend like it doesn't matter, like it was never a part of you, or that this you've always hated this place. But this place is you. And if it dies, so is everything we were. Our group, our lives, everything before then. When we were happy, when we were friends. You and me. Because guess what? You might want to pretend like it never happened. I would die for any one of the people in that place. Any one of our friends. And I would die for you because of what we were. It doesn't matter what we are now. It doesn't matter how ruined of a type of people we are. And when Mercy's Creek dies, all of that dies with it. So I will defend this place. I'll die for this place because when it goes everything does and we are just husks we are empty nothings I've di I could have left I could have gone anywhere but I stayed here because well this place is still here so were we you done? yeah good let me just give you a little summary of what I heard apparently you had no choice but to stay. Poor martyred Jack Finney, who has to stay in the town that he hates because no one else is going to stay. None of us had anything left in this town. There's nothing in this town. This town was dead when we were kids. It's not dying, it's rotting. And a town is a town. They come and they go. There's nothing here for me. I think this is about you. I don't think this is about the town at all. I think this is about you having some little flip out and you suddenly think that you need to save everyone from something that only you are seeing. Prove me wrong. Because I'd much rather try and track down some conspiracy of mass hypnosis than you throwing a hissy fit and calling me halfway across the country. And as for you'll die for me, don't give me that, Jack. We never liked each other. Let's get that straight. I bullied you, you toadied up to me. Everyone else in that cafe? None of us had real good relationships. Have you heard of toxic relationships? Apparently that's the thing. Guess what? Just about every single one I've ever had has been that. No relationship is particularly good, Jack. No one in there would die for each other. No one has to die for each other. We're not in the Somme. This is Mercy's Creek. A little backwards nowhere where nothing ever happens. 
Except when too much happens, and what can you do? You can stay uh, and fight for it. Fight what? Mass hypnosis? No, I can't, because I'm not a psychologist, Jack. What do you want me to just tell me what you want me to do? Look, I'm I'm willing to admit I got a lot to make up for. Just tell me what you want me to do. As you two are standing there, a car pulls into the almost deserted car park and an old man hops out and slams the door. He has medium-length hair that's slicked back, a very square head with large glasses, and he peers over the car. Ah, Jack, wonderful. And he's going to round the car and point to the diner. Everyone in here? Yes, sir. Jack looks at you, Tuck. All I can ask you to do is give her the day and then you can go. Because I don't have proof yet. That's what I'm trying to build here. Right. For old time's sake, I'll give you two. And after that, I never want to hear from you again. What's changed? And he nods at you and heads back into the... You all sit down amongst Dr. King. He sits down and adjusts his glasses and a cup of coffee is brought to him. He clearly comes here very consistently. I'm sorry you lot had to be brought into all this. I blame myself. I should have taken Jack more seriously and nipped this in the bud. So, uh, you have an unexplained situation. Dozens of people all saying the same thing. All feeding you the same information and now you don't know what is what. Well, a very simple explanation of all this. It's called mass hysteria. You've all heard of it. It's it's very common. But it's as simple as that, honestly. It really is. Situations like this have been rather common since, I'd say, early 1940s. The war messed people around and suddenly everyone came home and they felt like they couldn't trust one another. And then you had the situation of actual spies in neighbourhoods. It rocked many countries. A generation of people were always afraid. Scary stuff. But, yes, it's... Hmm. My mind always goes back to a situation in 1955, uh, Santa Mia, near California. Similar events began to unfold. A doctor received multiple calls over several weeks from all sorts of people telling him the same thing. My brother isn't my brother, my father isn't my father, my sister isn't uh, so on and so forth. He referred them to a psychologist and went about his day. The amount of cases spread and the professionals were completely stumped. Psychologists, the doctor, everyone. It was bizarre and the speed of it was unheard of. He taps Jack's hand. I hold none of this against you, Jack. You're a brilliant young man and men smarter than the both of us combined have gotten swept up in stuff like this. Now, anyway. They didn't know what to do. And the doctor was out in town when a friend came up to him, acting very strangely, and asked him to come home with him to give him his professional opinion on something. 
The doctor went with him, and his friend showed him a body. A body that he and his wife had found by the side of the road. A perfectly bizarre body. Smooth and unused, with no defining features. A blank state with no fingerprints. The hysteria had reached its height. They began seeing things in their mind's eye because it fit with the narrative. They believed their town was being taken over by alien space pods coming from the stars and planting in the fields and making perfect replicas of everyone. These were brilliant minds, professional doctors at the height of their careers in the full swing of mass hysteria. And where's that doctor now? He turns to Jack and pats his hand again. A mental institute in Chicago. He's still screaming about the pods. You need to stop this, Jack. I'm taking you off shifts at the clink. I'll bring Cheryl back for a few more days in the week. You need a vacation. I've been putting too much on you. You're getting wrapped up in this mass hysteria because... You know what they found? That bizarre body was a rolled-up carpet. Nothing more, nothing less. Santamir is doing just fine now. I've been there myself for a conference. And the piece de resistance of it all is that in the end they made a book about it. And if the doctor was in his right mind, well, I'd say he'd have good rounds to sue, really. I mean, it's pretty defamatory of him, but yeah. Most see it as a good work of fiction. Jack, I'll call on you tonight. I'll go through my contacts and find a good therapist, someone you can speak with about all this, someone with some good background knowledge about, around mass hysteria. You're a good man. You just need to get your head on straight. And now this local gossip stuff. Yeah, I hope you all have a good lunch. I've got to run. And he's going to stand up and pick up his hat. He jams the hat on his head and nods to all of you individually. And he also names you individually. Tully. Tuck. Bud. Jess. Olivia. Good day. Good day. And he turns and heads out the door. I don't buy it. Mm. It's too polished, too smooth. I'm worried Wait. about it. What don't we buy? The doctor. Oh. Jack's gone mm. out with him to see him to his car as well, so Jack's not. Oh, here you're talking about him. He seems too calm, too reasoned. Well, I was thinking about this earlier, but no one in this town seems to remember me, and I find that personally hard to believe, but he. He remembered my name. That is disconcerting, actually. I think he's just friendly. Although, uh, Willow leans back in the chair. He could be a doctor, and maybe he's just seen everything. And we've Jack said he's talked to him multiple times, so for him to be calm... That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about calm. I'm not talking about remembering names. I'm talking about the fact that what he said, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, we could do some research... But mass hysteria has a cause. It doesn't just happen for no reason. It exactly. happens because of mass stress. Maybe. Because of fear that's concentrated and it drives people into hallucinations. People don't have hallucinations otherwise. So if he's right and it is mass hysteria, then what's causing the mass hysteria? Do you think maybe it could have something to do with the murders? 
that the FBI have come to talk. Murders are in America, though. It's not Bolivia. Yeah, we there. live on the border. Yes, but it's mild. They, if he was going to cross the border, the psychopath, that's a, that's a big thing. It'd be easier to go further into America. Yeah. Still, the stress from surrounding environments... That is true. I won't deny that. There are surrounding circumstances. And also, the 1955 stuff, a cause very... Well, could have been the um, Soviet spies. So was it? I'm just saying. I reckon there's a hell of a difference between a serial killer on the loose in a neighbouring country and the threat of nuclear annihilation. Mm. You also know. I remember. I'd have to read up on it, and I'd have to get Jack to show me any reports from the time. But when Reed was very clearly around. I'm wondering if there were any types of mass hysteria thing because I don't remember. I also like don't. Not to this degree, anything. like this. No. Well, maybe it is because we had a read that now that there is another serial killer, even no, remotely but we don't, close. We don't even know. Like, maybe they're not even connected. Maybe it's not even. Uh, sorry, I just. That's, that, I, mean, I, I I really you, cannot you believe you guys. You. We now just have another rinky-dink town doctor saying the exact same thing, and all you guys be like, oh, maybe it is hysteria. Like, what? Guys, really? And if it is hysteria, why is it our problem? Are we going to fix it? No, if it's mass hysteria, a whole bunch of, well, not kids, we're 20-something-year-olds, whatever, a bunch of deadbeats ain't gonna stop mass hysteria. Why should we even care? Well, we can't stop it, but we can at least help and support. Say our options are it's not true and we help our friend get through whatever this is that he's going through or maybe it is true and, you know, we have family and friends and people we know in this town that we can be Helping, even if it's not our duty, we can still do something. Why on earth would I help this hellhole? I, I don't know, guys. I, I don't know. Just someone please talk logic for like five seconds. I swear all of you are losing your minds okay. if you're going to start believing this. All right. Willow. Hello. You've been here the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. You've been listening to Jack say... He's been talking about this for what? How long now? Two months. Yeah. As his friend, mm -hmm. regardless of what's in that little folder you got there, is he okay? Clearly he's worried about this. I'm not talking about this. Maybe. Okay. I'm not saying anything. I'm just, it's an idea. I'm trying to talk sense here, like you said. Thank you. You know, maybe, maybe Jack, maybe something happened to him. Maybe, maybe he's trying to wrestle with something in his life or whatever. And then he starts to believe something. And then when he believes something, you know, maybe, maybe he, he's, 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 he's worried. He's not sleeping. And so he's not sleeping. And then, so it's compounding the effect. And so, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that what he's found is not real but i do think that maybe we should be looking after our friend first rather than trying to figure out some you know soviet conspiracy from the 60s you know what i'm saying so willow you've been here the whole time why are you looking at me like that i think you're just flowing in the opposite direction 
look. Well, he's I, not... Look. Okay. Something's very wrong with Jack. Good. But that doesn't change what I was saying because, it, look, if Jack is stressed out and the hallucinations aren't real, or if the hallucinations are real and Jack's completely right, either way, there's a cause for both. Sure. Either both things are happening and there's the same cause, or there are a, a domino effect from the other. Sure. But either way, something's causing this. And if it's just Jack, great, we only have to worry about one person. If it's half a town full of people, that's another one. Now, look, either way, I don't think any of us are qualified to fix Jack's head. Like, am I wrong? No. no. Jack's fine. Sorry? I think Jack's fine too. He's 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 been a drinker since he was 15. And... I mean, I don't remember if you guys remember, but uh, when it came to exams, Jack would go a week without sleeping because he would set his mind on the task and he, his health and his body became second to that task. So what you're saying is that this is he just is a bigger task than anything else. He is studying for an exam. He yeah. sees this as a subject. There's a whole lot of difference between a school exam and not for Jack. The, the town's being replaced by aliens. You remember how angry Jack would get when we would mess up with exam stuff? There is there is no yeah. difference in his mind between an exam and between this. Everything is the same for Jack. Mm. Okay then. What's next? What do we do? Well, I think Yes, Tuck. Well, then, if you're right, if we want to fix Jack, then we've got to fix the thing that's stressing Jack. And if he's studying for a problem, it means we need to pass the test. So let's go find his freaky blank-eyed, not the people that they were supposed to be people. Right, so are we agreed we're going to treat this like it's real, like yeah. people are not the people that they are? We're going to... For now, we're going to just buy this thing. We're studying for the exam. That's what we're doing. And we give it a day. Yeah. Maybe two, but yes. I have a main plan for that. Jess. Yo. Uh, touchy subject, I know, but I need you to go see your family. Yeah, I was already planning on having dinner you with them tonight. Yeah, I would do that. Um, Bud, can you wait outside for her? Oh, uh, yeah. We have to make... If we're going to go along with the test, then we must go along with the assumption that these... Mm. And I don't want to insult your family or anything like that, <laughs> but we need to plan for the consideration of things not being right. Yeah, okay. If you're going to even bother with the experiment, then the experiment must be done properly. I don't know how much of that I agree with, but I do think that we shouldn't let somebody go in alone anywhere. We yeah. should never go alone no, anywhere. Agree. No, definitely. I think you should go and speak to the selectman. Perfect. I think you should go to town hall. And I <laughs> he, was, think, he was sending talk. I think, okay, you should go with him. Oh. All right, all right. <laughs> I thought Second. you were going to get to go alone. And so what do I do? You don't have any family here left. Uh, I sure hope not. <laughs> you have no family. You do I. Do, you laugh. I'm sitting. Mm. I reckon I we go not. to the police station. Oh, sorry, the sheriff's department. I reckon we talk to them because 
saying if this stuff was happening for real, I would be most concerned if we were losing the police. If the police were no longer trustworthy, if the sheriff was no, I reckon you should, you should go and speak to them. I'm on familiar terms with a few deputies. We can talk around. Um, Olivia, I reckon you should get in contact with AK as well. Yeah, I'll have to get a landline or something to be able to call her. Uh, should I go with Jess? I mean, that could be awkward, but if we don't want to go alone... I thought you wanted to go with Jess. Just Am sit I? in the car outside. Yeah, we'll go, yeah. Oh, cool. Mm, Do I need to draw this plan up. out for you guys? Yes, <laughs> yes. if you could draw okay. the exact detail. I'm not bringing him into my parents. They will legitimately think we're dating. My mum thought we Jeez. were dating when I was 18. We're not doing that. Yeah, maybe not. No. Okay, no, you can, you can wait in the car. You can, you can wait, wait in, the in the car. You can, like, I don't know. Can you like, talk to them next to a window or something? I don't know, maybe. Oh, all right then. We move across town now and into a small, it's probably a one bedroom house far up Joyner Avenue. It's just surrounded by fields, basically. It's its only one on the street. We move through the door that has been kicked in previously to you guys being there, and we find the representatives of Tyr, the agency, Sheriff Darcy, in the one bedroom, looking at a body. The body has been sliced to pieces. Large chunks all over the room, and what you notice very quickly is there is no blood, because where the body has been cut, it has been, like, burnt closed in the process of the cut. So there's no blood, but the scene is rather extreme. Darcy is looking open-mouthed at the scene. One of his deputies is snapping photos. Giddy and Fabian are waiting outside with the car. Hmm. As I suspect. Well, Sheriff, this is why we're here. And we will... Try and find this man as soon as possible. Sheriff Darcy wrings his hands a little bit. Yes, it's, it's good that you're here. And he pushes through the door past the FBI agent who's waiting at the door, who's also looking at the body. He flips open a notebook and he's taking notes, kneeling down and looking at the body. Hmm. Well, I think the most important thing to do right now is establish the connection. Why are you looking at me like that? What? The connection. Between the killer? And the dead man, yes. Right. Hmm. I mean, look, the way I see it, there's really only two options. Either he wanted something out of him and killed him to get it, or he needed him silenced. Either way, it doesn't bode well because you could do both those things a lot more efficiently. There's a lot of work here. What I know of this man, he's messed up, so... I don't know if there will be a connection. It might just be pure bloody murder. Hmm. No. You don't do something like this without some kind of a connection. Even if it's a small one. When we remove the body, it's probably worth stationing someone here. Maybe just one of the deputies. Just in case. Well, you've read the reports, haven't you? 
the killer usually does return to the crime scene at some point. Derek Harlow walks into the room. He's just arrived back and he's here to see the scene for himself. He nods at the two of you, kind of frowns a little bit at uh, Reverend Pevensey. He's like, why is there a reverend here? And then... It's not like he's wearing... It's not like he's (laughs) wearing a dog collar or anything. You said he he was last time. (laughs) Did I? No. When when he was older, I don't know if it was... Okay, he he frowns at the plain clothesman. And then kneels down to the body and looks at the face. Alright. Weird. I smell a clue. He looks at you two and frowns a little bit as he has no idea what level level you guys are or whether he should be speaking to you or not. He just points with like the pen at the, the face. He was arrested last night. Yes. He was causing the scene in the streets. Yes. And then some um, outsider punched him. Uh, ah, there we go. But that, I mean, that's just tuck. Tuck's tuck. Um, tuck's tuck. Tuck, tuck. What does that mean? Yeah. What new mystery is this? <laughs> what was he saying? Oh, I mean, the only report we were able to get really was from uh, Tuck himself, and that was every other word was an expletive. Um, we got a general idea. He was uh, panicking about there being something in the dark. We assumed it was some type of phobia thing and it triggered or something like that. Um, but no, yeah, yelling about that type of stuff, uh, trying to protect someone. Usually, in a case like this where a phobia or something gets triggered, it is possible that they could break into a way to protect themselves is to see themselves as an outsider from the situation. So we were going along with that concept that he was trying to protect himself, but speaking of himself in the third person, because it distanced himself from the situation. That sounds a mite screwy. Well, I mean, he was parked in the middle of the street, all the doors open, screaming into the night. Yeah, also sounds like my terrible. Yes. Um, but I guess... Hmm. He's looking at the body. And it's weird. Could just be a coincidence. Warwick like about to like reach out for the shoulder and give him the exact same speech he had given the other twins and he says that could be a good thing he's like yeah maybe you don't have what it takes to be a detective (laughs) never mind Um, Warwick would like to just kind of tap Mears on the shoulder Uh, can I have a word outside Mm he'll like try and get you a little bit away from the house out of earshot ideally you know Gideon is just staring at you, like staring daggers at you. <laughs> Work gives him like a really pained, awkward smile. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this is not the end by any means. This look, I wasn't really following a lot of the other case files in terms of the patterns, but this seems similar. Unnoticed. All right, well, my job is not to solve murders. My job is to punch things. One or the other, they come in hand, hand in hand. Um, but here's the thing. I think we have a minimum 24 hours before we see something else. 
This wasn't a means in and of itself. If the deputies to be believed, this man was killed because he saw something he shouldn't have or had some information he shouldn't and he tried to tell people. Hmm. So this was not the purpose for coming to Mercy's Creek. This was a strategic killing to keep things quiet while he planned something else. So we'd best be vigilant. Hmm. How long until it gets dark? Uh, you're looking at... It's about just past lunchtime now, type mm. of thing. Right. Well, I think the next step of action is to talk to the sheriff and find out who has come by recently, because this seems to be more recent. And so if we can find the more recent people, we can find out who. And then we can pinpoint from there. We'll also have to talk to the sheriff, because I think if the def- deputy knows this much, then the sheriff will know a lot more. And... We also need to set up a bunker down spot. Mm. And find some half decent coffee. We cut to uh, Bud and Jess driving in their yellow car. They are you guys are thro- going through the main street, and the thought comes to you of just being fully aware so as you guys are driving down the main street I'm going to get you guys to roll some things and for the rest of you who are still at the diner you're also going to roll some things mm. cool as you guys are working out just 12. a straight roll okay. Ooh, six right in the middle oh, eleven oh. seven nine oh, you're so much better than me okay <laughs> Uh, Olivia, as you are picking up your bag, uh, Jess and Bud have already left. You guys are trying to work out how are we going to... What's the best way to manoeuvre around this town right now? Because it's like a 10-minute walk back to town. We're just going to walk. And you look up and you see there's one of those rotating uh, docket holders uh, connecting from the, the main bench of the diner to the kitchen. So you stick it up on that and you spin it around. It's made of chrome. It's really reflective. And you see, reflected in that, someone sitting in a booth behind you, looking at the reflection back at you. Where is Tuck sitting at the moment? Would he be able Tuck, to see the Tuck, I was imagining, would be on his way out the door. So you guys are like... Well, if we were going together, we would be leaving together. Yeah, so he's just a little bit ahead of you. Yeah, uh, let's say he walks past okay. her and she grabs his arm and she just says, look at the reflection. Now, please. As he looks, the man behind you looks down to his uh, newspaper and begins twiddling with his um, pen again as he's looking at the crosswords. I'm going to look at Olivia. What? Why is this? He was looking at us. He was listening. Do we interrogate him? Do we ask questions? Do you want to intimidate him? When I go out into the car park, I'm just going to try and take a mental note. Do I recognise the cars? Oh, generally, there's an old beat-up ute that you kind of recognise, but it would have been much nicer back in its day. Uh, yeah, better question. Do I recognise the couple? Do I know who they are? Oh, you, you, I think you think maybe a couple from your old church, maybe... 
do I know which car would be theirs given the cars in the car park? Mm, you can make a judgment just by his age that it's probably the beat up old blue ute. All right, I go to the ute. Um, and there's a Labrador sitting in the back, staring down the main street as if he's focusing on someone who's just gone past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jess, I feel something. <laughs> There's a disturbance. As I'm just going to circle around the car to the side so that the, the body of the car is between us and the... The dog looks at you but doesn't make a sound. All right. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm just going to put the, the body of the car between me and the shop and I'm just going to hold my hand out to Olivia. Knife. Okay. She starts pulling out about three knives from her bag and she's like, these you can hold on to for two days. Okay? No, just one. You I just need one? I'd take it and I'm going to put a, a leak in the t- front right tyre of the ute. Okay, she's going to give you one that's pure steel that she can wash off easily. <laughs> Not to like pop it, but to like give it a proper leak so that they can't go very far before it's going to... Okay. You begin... And then I give you the knife back. I'm not keeping it. Cool. And then you begin walking down the street? Mm-hmm. Okay, you begin walking down. Back to Bud and Jess. So your rolls, you got an 11? I got an 11, yeah. I got a 6. I really feel in the, the, the onlooking of some evil benevolent force. <laughs> Can I also just say I love how you're holding a pretend steering wheel. It's like you forgot... That How's you know how to drive. Well, I just thought it was Caleb like psyching himself up to roleplay. Labrador, Labrador, guys. That's just acting. I feel like Buddy holds like the steering wheel down low. Yeah. Like he he was never taught how to drive, so he just kind of grabbed it. At so the what? Bottom. It's like seven and five is where he holds. Yeah. yeah. He's like holds. He rests his arms on his lap. It's very chill, relaxed. Mm. Like you know. Jess, as you are driving, you notice just this feeling. This feeling as if the windows of the buildings, they're reflective. You can't really look in, but there's just this feeling. Yeah. Coming from them. Like there is. Mm. It's almost like two of those uh, mirrors are done, like in interrogation rooms. Yeah. Just that feeling that there's someone on the other side. Um, we're on the main street, aren't we? Yes. Yep. So we are very far away from being able to turn off, away from any houses. Cool. Mm. And mm. you're heading into more of suburbia to get back to your place. Yay! Hey Jess, um, can I just tell you something weird? Uh, yeah, sh- sure. Just. Curious if you had a similar experience. Last night, I was unpacking my my easy bake oven, my 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 my, my knife set, all of that stuff, getting comfortable. And the door that I am pretty certain I had locked was open, and me it, it felt like something was there. But when I opened the door, there was nothing. And I don't know, something is feeling uncomfortable. Uh, feels like someone's constantly staring at me from the back of a ute. Um, I mean... I just... I'm curious to know if there is anything you have noticed that gives you any indication of just uncomfortable. Well, I mean... I don't know about you, but... I don't know, the hair on the back of my neck is standing up right now. (laughs) That's... 
It's not a lot, but yes, I'm also feeling uneasy. I don't know, maybe it's also just the fear that I have uh, not answered the last 28 phone calls from my mum. That that could also be it. That could also be it. We slowly, like, roll on over to the Harlow household. Buddy is sitting outside the front, listening to some tunes, and he appears to be trying I've got to. My walk he, he, he appears to be trying to temper chocolate inside the car. I am, and he's getting it all over the handlebar, oh, no. like all over the steering it's wheel. And it's like it's because the car's at a slight angle; it's all sloshing to one end of like this cool panel that he's putting oh, it on. This was this was a bad time to try something new. Uh, <laughs> And Jess, you such fun- a teddy bear. I love it. <laughs> he's like Paddington. He is. Sorry. Oh, actually, yes. He, he literally is. Paddington. He's Paddington. based off blue. And Jess, yeah. you find yourself sitting at the main Harlow kitchen table as your mother is putting things down on the bench a little bit too hard. It's just like the thump, okay. thump, down to the biscuits, down of the like lemon water, down of one of the glasses. Yeah. Christmas. Yep. Now, see that that one. Three years in a row. Yeah. Okay. No card. Nothing. Uh, Well, I mean, come on, mum. You never. You always knew that I wasn't a card person. Remember, like that time that like I started bawling when we took Christmas card photos in the mall because I didn't want to be like dressed as Santa. Yes. Yes. You did not speak to your family for three years over Christmas while your father is recovering. It was very nice of you to come back. That was wonderful. But you don't check in. His hips are really good. They got replaced. And he's back up ladders again. Despite my best efforts. Sorry, Mum. But anyway, Derek has been, uh, I think, trying to uh, get us ready. He appears to have seen you already, so that is that is good. Yeah, he arrested one of my friends within twenty four hours of us being here. Yes, well, that's your friends, aren't they? That's yep. Friends. Still. How's James? His car still in the shop, being trash as always. James has bought a new car. It is no better than the last ones, but he has bought a new car. Because he has been working full time. In the hardware store? Mm Mm-hmm. Things have been going all right there, but your father and I have had to work out other ways of bringing in some revenue. Really? Yes. Because we have such an empty house at the moment, we've been doing a a bread bed and breakfast type of thing. Just... Make ends meet during the weeks. This place isn't much of a tourist attraction, but it is only two hours from the beach. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, I understand business. I, I'm a manager myself, Mum. Yes. You did a very good job when you were here. And now I'm not here. Yes. And that's okay. Okay. That's fine. Good. Yes. Yeah, if Mark can leave and be the golden child, why can't I? 
Anyway, do you need a hand with the no. salad? No, you just sit there. And she's going to get up and start pulling things out of the fridge. And you hear a bustling sound and you hear the sound of a, like, a really heavy hand, like, um, handbrake being pulled up. It's like, <laughs> coming from outside. Thump, 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 bang. Ow! <laughs> thump, thump, thump. And your dad pushes open the back door. He is covered in paint. Darling, I've... I dropped one of the 10 litre drums. It was it was not good. Oh, hi, Jess. Hey, Pa. I'm back. Hello. He gestures himself. Gloss. <laughs> this ain't going to come off. I'm a shiny boy now. I see. <laughs> Oily boys. I mean, yes. it's a good color choice, alpaca white. I mean, it he, is our best seller. He sits down to you, like downs a full glass of lemon water and starts peeling the paint off oh. of his arms and the hair's going with it. It's just, oh. He's like, oh. Dad, so Dad. you're back in town, love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dad, baby oil. Come on, we've been over this. Baby uh, oil. That's, that's that piece. <laughs> oh, Jess, Jess, I knew you were here because I saw Humphrey. He's outside. <sighs> Yeah, he 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 drove me. He didn't want to. Ah, of course. Correlation. I see it. Darling, do you need a hand with the salad? No. Okay. Very good. Why am I in trouble? Also, I didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, the paint. And he like <laughs> begins peeling a piece off of his leg. He's wearing like the shortest shorts. He always wears shorts like this. Is he also from Queensland? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, Why okay. did you do that right as I took a sip, AJ? As, as a description, as, as a description, me, I couldn't see. Yeah, as a description, he's dressed like the Bush Tucker Man. Yeah. <laughs> and he just looks Classic. like the Bush Tucker Man. Is Jess Australian? No. <laughs> it always works. Just <sighs> peeling off. Ah. Uh, it's worse over the knee. Yeah, yeah, would, would be that. Um, so, you know, how's things in town? People being weird or anything? I don't know. Just a funny story. Hit me. Well, Frank Hill has not paid his tab in two weeks. Every time I see Frank, he's always getting wood for his gardens or little cedars. It's I'm, I'm getting quite over it, if I'm being completely honest. Ah! That's all right. Came off. Um, yeah, it's helping with the circulation, I think. Um, but yeah, I should moisturise. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so Frank hasn't paid that, which is a bit annoying. But other than that, things are going pretty good. Um, Derek's been around a fair bit. Yeah. Hasn't gone shot at in like six months. That's, that's what? good. I mean, people around here aren't supposed to have guns, but yeah, old Frank still does. Uh, does a morning salute every morning. What are you doing gesturing about? <laughs> Eyes. Eyes. The oh. eyes roll. <laughs> right. Roll for eyes. I will, I will roll for eyes as everyone kept giving me eye contact. I'm like, oh. roll for his face. I was honestly in my that own That is a two. Your dad has a bad face. <laughs> it's covered in the paint. paint. I can't see. also see. over the eyes. <laughs> Jess yeah, also yeah. has been trying so hard to avoid eye contact. He looks like yeah. he has conjunctivitis, you, but it's just paint. Yeah. No, you finally, you finally make like cont- eye contact with your yeah. dad. And maybe it's just because you haven't looked at him so long or something like that. And maybe it's just 
how happy he is actually to see you, but his eyes are just like they're sparkling, they are bright, they're his blue eyes, just piercing, just staring at you, staring at his daughter who he hasn't seen in years. And there's also a bit of watering because he's peeling paint off his body. Uh. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's nice, nice. So Blockbuster, right. Yeah. You know, it, it's 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 taken off. The um that they've asked if I want to go to like a regional manager. Wow, regional manager. Wow. Yeah. Um. You know, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Have you ever tried a, a Burger King? I heard those are quite popular. Are they similar? Uh, not 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 similar, Dad. Mm. One sells hamburgers, and I rent movies. Right. But there's a market for that. Yeah. Right. You know. So they do two dollar Tuesday. Two dollar Tuesday. Yeah. I think, a, I think there's a young lady on the street, Maverick, some young lady. She's trying to turn a bookstore into a TV rental place. Maybe you should talk to her. You might be uh, maybe able to open up like a second branch. You're just mm. trying to make me move back, aren't you, Dad? No, no. I think what you're doing is good. I think I think spreading your wings. I don't, I don't need all my children around all the time. There are a lot of you, um, and I am quite busy. But it is lovely to have you close, and it'd be lovely to have you closer. And I know your mother feels very strongly about all of that. You hear your mother putting down the thing of feta very loudly. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I think I think what you're doing is very good, and it's good that you uh, feel the freedom to. To try to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, a- any chance that uh, ah! <laughs> uh, any chance that Luke and his fiance might be coming over, or oh. James, or you know, literally any any of my If you've given us some pre-warning, we might have been able to reach out to them. I'll make some phone calls. I'll see who's free on the weekend. Right. Or are you not around that long? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Hmm? Yeah, what day today, is today? Today's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Um, look, to be honest, I haven't booked a flight home, but I don't know how long I'm staying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I will try to work some things out. We might not be able to get all of them, but we might be able to get some. There, uh, we slowly... Uh, move out of the kitchen as this slightly awkward scene as your dad peels off uh, a very large piece of paint that goes from like his hip to uh. his ankle. Oh. And he was also wearing gumboots, so there's like a thicker layer around his feet because oh. it went into the gumboots and sat in there. And because of the heat, it solidified more in there. Oh. Um, so yeah, he's shredding sh- that off. Um, Yep. And so we head through the, the window and we come back a few hours later to Salem's Lodge. Okay, you are arriving home. Who are you with? You're with I'm with Tuck. You're with Tuck. The two of you have arrived home. Uh, Tuck, you have spent hours and hours talking to Mendoza, uh, who is treating this like the prodigal son returning and all this stuff stuff and about trying to get you back into all this type of stuff because he thinks having a marsh on the team would uh, revitalize a lot of things. 
uh, and okay, you spend the majority of the time wandering around. The um, the town hall has a lot of like display cabinets, like lots of display cabinets. They have a lot of weird stuff. They have like a suit of armor here, a really cool looking knife. They have some like really old crumbling books. There's like an oil lantern as well. Lots of stuff, stuff. All of these like specifically built uh, displays with like lights in them. Making a stuff, note stuff. to raid town hall and the world falls <laughs> apart. <laughs> Um, Your eyes legit just like sparkled when you heard knife. Knife. <laughs> so yeah, and as you enter into the main area, the main entrance, uh, John Campbell is already standing at the phone, holding the phone out for you. Oh, uh, thank you, John. He just nods at you and you take it. It okay. is. Yeah. Hello. Hello. It. It's me. Okay, Millie, where are you? Okay, so... I'm at the caravan park. What are you doing there? I'm having a look around. No, no, it's a garbage dump. What I'm are you going to find there? Well, I'm a, I'm a bit of a garbage digger at the moment. Find lots of secrets. Find lots of cheeky things like that. Um, anyway, so. Fantabulous. Update me. Jack's bins got emptied. I've had to follow the garbage bin. <laughs> the garbage truck. What did you do? Jump on the garbage truck? No, I followed the garbage truck on foot. I don't have a car. <laughs> oh my gosh, you must be sweating. My boss hasn't stopped calling me. I don't know how he's doing it. These are pay phones. But he's doing it. Mm. <laughs> Every time pay phones are ringing, uh, I'm, going, I'm having to go back to the office now. I go as close as the caravan parks because that's where the trash dump is. It's near there. Uh, I think I've lost all that evidence, which is wonderful. Um, but hey... We know about it, and that's the main thing. I won't be home tonight because I'll be sleeping at the office most likely. Why are you sleeping at the office? Because I can't have you go about home? three days worth of work that I should have been doing while I was uh, stalking Jack Finney. Did you see me at the um, at uh, Mercy's Diner? You were at Mercy's Diner. No, I was three booths back. Well, did you happen to see a man that was sitting behind us? Uh, toupee. I think you might have been wearing a toupee, toupee yes. A uh, vest, old woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Shaking like a leaf, staring at us, listening to the entire conversation. Oh, I'm not sure if they were listening, but they were looking at you. Fair bit, but I mean, so was I. I mean, you're a group of young people. There's not many young people around Mercy's Creek. Yeah, but you know us. I mean, they might know you as well. You guys are sort of still locals. Um, the prodigal children. Yeah. What up stuff. Anyway, yeah. I gotta go. Okay, well, when will I see you? Uh, tomorrow. You okay, to no, 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 no. You're not wiggling your way out of this. Tell me, when will I see you? Oh, uh, well, it depends when you come to the office, okay? Well, maybe you should go home at some point. I'm busy. I've got actual cases for once. Things are happening. All right, we're What's sounding like an old married couple. I'm hanging up. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Listeners, I just want you to know that both Chester and Meg were holding their hands today. It's like a, it was important. It was important. You know, I watched that whole conversation. I didn't notice that they were doing that. <laughs> it just felt no- like, yeah, well, of course, they're on the phone. Banana phone. Do, 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 do. <laughs> you guys head up to your rooms and we fade away from them and fade back to the sheriff's department. We pull into the sheriff's department as night is setting all around you. We find Ben Mears, Fabian, 
we find also Warwick and Pevensey sort of interrogating the sheriff. The sheriff uh, Darcy is leaning back in his chair, still looking quite white and looking out his window. Ben Mears is basically just walking circles around the sheriff's desk, staring at him as Sheriff Darcy kind of rocks back and forwards a little bit, looking out the window with a confused look on his face. So back to the point. Hmm? Back to the point. Your point being? What? what? I don't know, you were saying something else and then you started mumbling. Well, it does now. But lucky for you, we're here. Very lucky, yes. Yeah, just you wait. I don't... I, I don't see any correlation between the fact that the man was arrested and this now. And in terms of newcomers to town, we get truck drivers every single day. Two motels in either in either of the town. Yes. They are the most bustling businesses in the town. Yes. I think you're missing the point though. Uh, with all due respect, it has nothing to do with the fact that he was arrested. It has to do with the fact that he was screaming in the middle of the street about something in the dark trying to get him. And you assume there was something in the dark trying to get him. I believe that he believed it, and now he's dead. That's I'm, Tangential evidence? Transitory evidence. It's evidence. Also, truck drivers don't count. They leave again. We want someone who's come and has stayed here. He's scratching his chin now. A bunch of local kids have come back for some type of, I don't know, reunion or something. Um... He's looking at me as... Is it like whispers behind his head? Does the profile say that the the one we're looking for is young? Or we just don't know? No idea. Alright, well maybe if you can give us some of those names. It's a start. He leans over his desk and starts scratching with his pencil some names out. And they all have the same location. And he quickly, like, looks up into the corner of the room, thinking again. There is someone else. Yes. It won't press charge. Ah, this again. There's a new fella in town. Uh, people like him a lot. He's fit quite in. He's staying with... Oh, I don't know where he's staying. But he's... um. Quite interested in the politics of the town. And he said something about the arrested man. He said that he wouldn't press charges. It's like he knew something about him. His name was. I don't know the first name, Mr. Bates. Do you have any more information about this man that you can give us? Uh, older fella. 
how old. He is blind. Walks around with a cane or needs to have someone else walk around with him. I think he lost his sight in the war. So he's that old. And I don't need I don't mean Vietnam. Other than that, he has a connection with a few of the town selectmen, but other than that. There is a buzzing sound coming from outside, which you know is the, the sound of the police radio. You hear the sounds of a deputy going to it, the click of a switch, and him speaking into the radio and listening. There's a pause, the sound of it going back on the hook and him coming to the door and pushing it open. You see that it is Derek Harlow, the boy who was the deputy who was at the house before. Uh, sir, we, um, we have a bit of a situation. Uh, we're getting a distress signal. I'm not sure exactly where, but it's being sent from one of the towers. But they're just giving us a location. I worked out the coordinates. It's the car park of the Bargain Mart. It says it's from Mr. Bates. And he's looking at um, Sheriff Darcy. You know, the, the new selectman guy. All right. We're moving out. No such thing as a coincidence. and Willow have also just arrived at Salem's uh, Lodge and so just have Bud and Jess. You are all tired. It's been a big day and Jack is also arriving. He's spent the rest of the day at uh, the clinic talking to Dr. King, trying to keep his shifts and trying to stay working because he doesn't want to take a holiday. Um, but he's very sadly been put on forced leave and you all eventually make your way up to the, your rooms and find the same thing. A note plastered on the opposite side of your window. And the note reads the same thing. Come to the bargain mart or more people will die. You said this was on the on the outside. On the outside, so okay. plastered on the bat on on from like the outside of the. We're, we're on the second story, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Can we open the window to grab? The yeah, yeah. Cord? It's on the front, the that <clears throat> lower bit. So you push it up and can reach under and grab it. If it was on the top, you wouldn't be able to grab it. Yeah. Do you think that whoever it was came into our rooms because who could reach this far up? Wait, are we? Yeah, have we met outside again? Are we are we meeting up? I would assume you've all now met in the car park. Okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. looking up at the second story and like trying yeah. to find ways that people could have climbed up. While they're looking, I'm just gonna take the note and I'm gonna go to the reception desk and find John. Sure. You can also roll investigations on the notes mm. whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. You guys do that, I'm gonna deal with John. 
I'm gonna walk. Liv is gonna walk with Tuck because she's gonna realize she doesn't want anyone walking alone. Mm. John's uh, he's talking on the phone uh, and finishes up just as you're coming over. Puts it down. Uh, Mr. Mash, yes. How you, how you Good, John. Hmm? Good. Someone's been, uh, well, handing out flyers. I flyers. shove it across the the table and tap on it. You seen anyone around, John? He pulls it open. Did you give anyone a ladder? Um, a ladder. She's gonna make him. That's the one. Why would I give? I'm pretty sure I've shaken him. Um. Well, the only people who have extra keys are the cleaners and Mr. Orlando. All right. I might be missing the really obvious thing here, John. Who died? I don't know anything oh. about anyone dying. You didn't hear? Uh, police, all that lot. Um, how how stand out? Let me look at my map. Is, is, there's a map here, Jester. Oh, there's the map. Jester has walked away from the recording table to look very closely at the map that he made. It's Are we at some point going to vision. get maps and be able to fill them in? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So you can yeah. literally see yeah. the mountain range and that's it. Right. Mm. Nice. Mountain um, up, uh, up Shears Drive, single house there. The um, a guy he was arrested last night for like causing a scene or something. And uh, yep, people believe it's uh, the next step in all these killings that have been going all over America. Unnamed psychopath mm. and all that. Mm. Yeah. So mm. the town's a bit spooked. Yeah. Uh, okay, in hearing this, you now make the realization of why AK was called into work. So you've made the realization, ah, yeah. that's why she's been getting called. In the calls background, all you days. just see Liv's face go from a frown to a. Ay. That's why her boss has been calling her nonstop. Hmm. Um. Um. But these, no. Um. I mean, it's not too hard to climb. There's um. There's a one of those things that like vines grow up on the side. It basically works as a ladder. Kids get up there all the time. I have to throw plums at them. Plums? Yeah, plums is plums trees on the other side. Heaps oh, of them. Okay. raw ones hurt like a bitch. I don't think I want to know how you know that. Cause they hit hard. The kids throw them back. Ah, right. Little they bastard. got some spunk in them. Yeah. Nice. Especially because I don't aim well. So <laughs> one of them caught it midair. I threw it back. Like mm. monkeys. Jeez. Anyway, yeah. While they're having this conversation, she's been looking directly into his eyes and with a 10, she wants to discern if there's something going on there. Looks perfectly normal. Perfectly normal? Yeah. Classic John. Classic. Mm. She's like, all right, he's there's, not infected There's also yet. that amount of just glazed that John always has because John is always only half the thing. <laughs> John you is know, a glazed donut. You just, you just know because he's, he's, he's a writer. He's just always thinking about he's what he's supposed to be writing that night. He's mm. never paying attention to the actual conversations. He's been working at this place for so long that he is just so proficient at his job, he just doesn't think about it anymore. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, yeah, they throw right. him hard. She's going to tap Tuck on the shoulder and she's going to say, it's okay, we've, we've got all the info that we can get. Mm-hmm. What did you guys outside get? Yeah, should we cut? Oh, so, yeah, I was just uh, about to jump to I rolled outside. a nine for investigating just the area and then a two for trying to climb up 
the so okay. I failed miserably at well, being like no that's impossible I feel, <laughs> I feel like Tuck and Liv are walking out of reception and just see you fall from like two you steps above the, the ground and we like hear the thud we walk around and we see you on the ground we're like you didn't fa- fall very I, I far I think we resolve our investigation with a nine with mm. a nine do I see anything while I'm on the ground I also rolled an eight for the note specifically. Mm. Yep, cool. I rolled a two, so I'm like... <laughs> She's still thinking about um, family. So yeah. what was your role to see anything from the ground? Um, well, more just a general investigation, like checking the note, checking like if like the area to see if anything's left behind. If I can. What, you, what was your role? A nine. Nine? Uh, you can assume just from the kind of uh, way that some leaves have been broken that someone climbed up. This was not an inside thing. Someone climbed up. Very well. Surprisingly well. Um, Must have been a professional. Yeah. Can't um, even get up. Uh, for the note, what you discovered on the note with your uh, higher roll is it's pretty damn perfect. It's running writing and like perfect spacing, perfect positioning. Mm, None okay. of you have that good at handwriting. I mean, Jack is close and Willow is very precise, but Jack's always slanted. If I compare the two... Hmm? Like, like, let's say I borrow one of the other notes. Yeah. So I've they, got mine. Are they exactly the same? or are They, they are just the same individually written, yep. but they are exactly the same. Hmm. Okay. Almost like a printer, but you can tell in just like the pressure and where uh, at the start the pen was kind of a bit scratchy because it hadn't been yeah. used and the other ones, and by the last one, it's leaving larger, thicker lines. Okay. But it's... Um, yeah, like you... He kind of says it. He's like, I mean, they look like... They've been written, but they're these beautiful handwriting. And then you see him kind of like, sorry. Uh, sorry. Like, as he's looking at them, he's like, sorry, I just... Ah, man. Jack it... picks up the note and looks at... More notes. This isn't it. More note. Guess I wasn't expecting to see that today. Are you all right there, Tully? Yeah, no, I'm fine. I think... I just got a headache, or maybe I just wasn't expecting to see a note. Anyway, no, I'm fine. Uh, Yeah, so what are we going to get? Um, Liv is going to look over towards Jack and see him mouthing more murders, and she's going to say, yeah, actually, we did ask about that inside, Um, and that's why AK's been hounded by her boss. Wait, AK is she... Oh no! You, okay. No, no, so, no. She's not I, no! Dead. I just thought, like for a second there. <laughs> Jack like squats down on the ground, holding the note between his hands, and just muttering to himself. The reed. Why? The reed's dead. He's been dead. He's been dead for ten years. Why are more murders happening here? Why are murders happening here? This is creek. Jack, the oh. the murder that they were probably referring to on the note is the one from some some guy who was in the middle of the street screaming, waving, something like that. Do you, do you guys know anything about that? What? No. Jack's, Let's go. Jack's still looking at the note. Doc, you know Hold something on. about that. That Doc, was no. way too fast. Wait, we're going. Hold up. What did you just say? It was Apparently it was some guy who was found chopped up and the night before he All was right. like in the middle of the street screaming, waving. Okay. Yep. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I don't mind about it. It's it's fine. I no, it's fine. Really. Can I just point out the, the really obvious can you just, thing? What? I'm so, sorry. Yes. 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 Thank you for your permission. Anyway, the really obvious thing 
is that someone knows what we're doing here. Mm. Otherwise, why would they leave us a note? But we're not doing anything. Has anyone else felt watched for the last... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah? Yeah. The moment you come in in Mercy's Creek, it's like you're being watched. Willow takes one of the notes, folds it, and slips it into the folder that Jack had left before. I was talking to Jess about this in the car earlier. Mm. Last night, I could have sworn I saw someone open my locked door and when I checked the hallway, there was no one there and uh, I, I don't know how to feel about it. And uh, just even just driving around, like when we came into the town, a Labrador was just oh, okay. giving me a death A Labrador stand. in a blue truck. But yes. We slashed that guy's tires because he was staring at us. It feels like it's staring at me. What? What did you... Okay, I didn't slash his tires, what did you do? It's just, he was staring at us. what did you do? He was staring at us in the diner, listening to us. They have a stare. Guys! Jack is going to stand up and folding the notes and sticking it in his pocket. Yeah? Let's go to the bargain. Can we can we go that. get AK first? She might know a little bit more. Do you want to take this. her into whatever this is going to be? Someone well, who's I don't want to leave us? her alone. Okay. Going to this place that this people who have left the note want us to go feels like a bad idea. Yeah, well, it let's feels resol- like let's resolve it. We can resolve something here rather than everything just being a constant mystery. Tucker's going to go start his motorbike. Uh, hold on. So as soon as as soon as we find these weird notes, so suddenly people start pulling out store, these things like a door and a, a dog what, being watched. What are you talking about? Where does this come from? We None of this was happening a second ago. Like, I know something's going on. Jack, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, like, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't let yourself get too caught up about it. You know, because we, if we're here, if there is something going on. I know when I'm being watched, Tully. Someone knows something's up, and I've just dragged my parents into this. We are solving this, and we are solving this tonight. I'm, I'm not saying we, we don't solve it. I'm just saying keep a clear head. I'll Revving keep a clear head. motorbike engine. It's a good We're going. Tuck, can I catch your eye? Just okay. I don't have a second helmet. Oh, that's you fine. You can use mine. Okay. All right, Thank you. Um, what do you guys uh, see? Jack walks around the, the side of Mercy's, and he's calling out to... Uh, What's his name? Who the hell do I call him? To John um, to fetch him the keys. And John chucks a pair of keys through the side door and um, Jack disappears for a bit. And you hear the sound of a very loud engine as Jack comes around the corner with your old uh, red and white F1 truck and drives around the corner and gets out of it and indicates for you to pass like, it's the cheapest thing I could afford. That thing's still Heck running? Yes. All right, cool. Liv's going to lean yep. over to Tuck as they're both on the motorcycle and be like, you sure you don't want shotgun? I got my own shotgun now. I'm just right. going to take the, the rental. <laughs> <laughs> the, la- Tully, the laser. Tully, I'm, I'm nominating you to come back. with me. You're not... 
Jess's old truck is brought back from the dead and you want me to come in a laser. Look, I feel like Let's it's drive. best to have she, options. And she's gone. You know? Great. Okay, I guess I'm coming in the rental. <laughs> Fantastic. I have cream We're puffs. We're going to the bargain mart in a rental. I got cream puffs. <laughs> okay, the... the cream the, puffs. Um, your convoy leaves... <laughs> Salem's Lodge. Uh, John, John Campbell is looking through the window like, oh, that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but John is the understated yeah. hero. Anyway, back, back to what I was doing. Back to my novel. Yeah, He puts his knees up and turns back to the foxtail, which is now playing like the original Dragon Ball. And he's sipping hey. on like he's sipping on a little juice popper. And yeah, this is the life. <laughs> yep. You guys make your way through the completely deserted town, Main Street. At this at this stage, Spots is still busy, but everyone's in Spots. No one's really around. I mean, you do see you do see Spot himself sitting outside on one of the little chairs out there. And this isn't a rare occurrence. He always sits alone. He he's always being offered to sit with other people, but he just likes to sit on his own when he takes a break. Um, you see him sitting out the front, but you make your way down the completely deserted Main Street, and you turn up into the bargain mart. And as you're driving, there is a bit of a change. Now, uh, if you were listening to some of the radios in your car from earlier, you would have picked up on the cold front that was moving into town. So you're not having rain or anything like that yet, but you're starting to get some fog. Fog is starting to drift into town and starting to settle around the the lights of the, um, the streets. And there is a distant rumble not so much thunder, but the the feeling of it coming. And wind is starting to pick up a little bit. And as you get out of the cars, is getting to the point of it is uncomfortable. Like, you're dressed for summer still, but it is feeling like winter now. You close the doors behind you, and you don't hear the sounds of lots of feet running up from the sheriff's department as multiple men come tearing up the other side of the street, heading around to the other side of the bargain mart. You guys are heading straight up the middle. And you begin walking up it. It is pretty deserted. The lights are still on in the bargain mart, but there's no one in there. There's probably one or two clerks. But the mist is setting in thickly now, and you see a man standing in the middle of the car park. Tick, 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 tick. You see the blind man from before slowly tapping his cane up and down, up and down as he's standing in the middle of the car park. Oh, hey. 
it's me, Chester. You might have gotten tired of hearing my voice by now after two hours of it, but hey, it's not enough. I'm here to tell you about the wonderful people that bring this show to you. So we're doing something a little bit different with the whole Patreon ad read stuff, all that business. Uh, we just thought we would go through and thank all of our amazing patrons because they are the sponsors of this show and so we thought we would do a thing for them, you know, rather than just doing it once. Uh, first off, we have to thank uh, Snacky Boy and Flower, who are our two newest operatives slash watchmen type of business. Then, of course, we need to thank Addy and Jay and Red Panda, Lexi, David, Mikal, Glennis, Jackson, Spixy, and Angela. Angela being our most OG of OGs. These are the incredible people who bring Dark Tides to you and allow us to create stuff like Mr. Bates. If you are interested in joining their ranks and being a tier operative or a watchman or anything like that, check out patreon.com slash darktides. We've just changed our prices and all of that, so they're way cheaper than they were before. It's the best way to support us. You can join our Discord as well and chat to us. It's an awesome time. So thank you to all of them, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Everpleasant Mr. Bates. Mr. Bates.